It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Cause you're perfect in all of your ways. Perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. Yes, you're perfect in all of your ways. Oh, you're perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. Oh, it's a love so undeniable. I, I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable. I, I can hardly think as you call me deeper still and you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still and to love love you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am it's who i am you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who I am. It's who I am. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. And you may be seated. Thank you, Ron and Bev and Nancy, for helping with worship tonight, and thank you all for your participation. You know, one of the things that's so fun about worship is that we're not really singing for each other. We're singing to an audience of one, and it's our hope that God is pleased as He looks down and sees all of you here, even as individuals, that God looks upon you tonight. May He smile upon you as you, from your heart, give Him your very best in worship. And now, attention to the Word of God. So tonight we're looking at a scripture passage from 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 through 12. It is my privilege to be able to read the scripture for you this evening and to bring a meditation on it. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 through 12. Hear the word of God. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. 
Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. And remember the wonders He has done, His miracles and the judgments He pronounced. Let's pray together. Lord, we invite You in. We invite You to come and speak to us as we still our bodies, as we silence our lips, as we focus our minds, as we open our hearts. May you come and speak to us now. Lord, bless us with your word. May we hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us tonight. Come, Holy Spirit, come, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So anybody here like Thanksgiving? Show of hands. Probably most of you, yeah. Some of you, it's a lot of work, right? Okay. So uh, let me ask you this. What do you like about Thanksgiving? Just shout it out. Food. Food. Sleeping in. Sleeping in. All right. What else? Uh, what, uh, who's got one back there? Family. family. Being with family, that's always great. So, yes. What do you like about Thanksgiving? You forgot. You forgot. Okay. Don't forget. Yes. What's that? Oh, your football team. Your football team. Got to watch that. So that's good, right? So yeah, yeah. And do you have one? What? The whole day. You just like Thanksgiving. So I have to confess to you that Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays in the whole year. I just love giving thanks. You know, sometimes even in my work, I can get kind of caught up in all of the details of my work, even here at the church, and getting, you know, busy just writing messages and preparing services, and maybe for small groups or meetings or what have you, and just kind of doing all the work of a pastor. But sometimes, even as a pastor, I can sort of forget to pause and, and give thanks. And so, one of the things that I love about Thanksgiving is that it's kind of a disciplined holiday, and of course, I love getting a day off, too, and being able to sleep in and all of those good things, and turkey and food and, you know, mashed potatoes and gravy and all of that. Cranberries, not so much. You can have my cranberries, but, but, I, but I love Thanksgiving and I love the opportunity to give thanks and, uh, and to praise God because really the most important thing I think about Thanksgiving is, is, is that we give thanks to the Lord. Amen? Because it's nice to give thanks to each other. We should give thanks to mom and dad. Thank you for this great meal. Thank you for all you do for me. It's a good opportunity to share that with your family, with mom and dad maybe. But it's important that we also give thanks to God above. And uh, one of the things that I love to do on my Thanksgiving Day, and this has been a tradition of mine for many, many years. It goes way back and I can't even count how many years but I like to actually list all of the things that I'm thankful for. I take out a notepad of paper, and I just actually list one by one all of the things that I'm thankful for, all the things that I can think of. And I just kind of come, as they come randomly, I just write, sometimes there's pages and pages of things that I write down. And then I actually get down on my knees, and I actually go through the list again and just actually thank God for everything just one by one on that list. And uh, the whole exercise may take an hour or sometimes more, but that is a part of that is one thing I will be doing tomorrow morning. Uh, one of the first things I will do, just giving thanks. Well, there are lots of good reasons to give thanks. How many of you know that giving thanks is good for your health? 
It helps you to become a more positive person. Uh, it's good for your brain. It's good for your attitude. Those people who are, who are living with gratitude tend to do better in life. Their relationships go more smoothly when you're more grateful for those around you. You tend to get better jobs, and you just tend to be a happier person. There's a lot of reasons to give thanks, but tonight I want to share with you five great reasons to give thanks, and there's going to be a little quiz on this at the end. So boys and girls, young people, I need you all to be paying very careful attention, and we'll see if you can pass the quiz at the end. So if you want to, you can take notes on the back of your sermon or the back of the bulletin. There's like a little outline there, and you can grab a pen or pencil if you like and fill it in as we go. So first off, five reasons to give thanks and that is to, to tell of God's wonderful acts. That's what the passage tonight said. Tell of His wonderful acts. Tell of His mighty deeds. Tell of the mighty works of God, whatever translation you use. And we're going to do that tonight. Number one, the first thing I want to share with you that I think is a great reason to give thanks is this. God presides. Say it with me. God presides. The word preside is just kind of a big fancy word for meaning that God is in charge. God is in control. Psalm 47, verse 7 and 8 says, God is the king of all the earth. Sing to him a psalm of praise. God reigns over the nations. Not reign, R-A-I-N-S. Not like rain falling from the sky. God reigns, that is, he rules. He's in charge of all of the nations. And he is seated on his holy throne. In other words, God rules. How many of you know there is a throne in heaven? How many of you know there is a king who sits on that throne? And his name is Jesus. And he is in charge of everything. Everything that happens in this world. It doesn't mean that God sends the bad things, but he can turn all those bad things around for good. Colossians 1.15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created. Say it with me. All things were created by Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Without God presiding over all things, life would fall apart. Things would just kind of come off. The wheels would just kind of spin off. Reformed theology, we say that God is sovereign. That's another way of saying it. Now, isn't it good to know that in a crazy world where sometimes your life feels out of control, and even when bad things happen to us or in the world around us, isn't it good to know that God is still on His throne? that God is in charge, and that even all of these crazy things, that God has them in His hands. Uh, right now, God is presiding over everything and everyone. He has the United States in His hands. He has Russia and Vladimir Putin in His hands. He has North Korea and King Jong-il in His hands. He has Joe Biden and Donald Trump in His hands. Proverbs tells us the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and He directs it wherever He pleases. God is directing all of these things, all of these people. And more importantly and personally, God has you in His hands as well. The psalmist said, all my days were ordained for me before even one of them was written in your book. Every detail of your life in God's hands. No mistakes, 
No coincidences, no accidents, nothing by chance. No matter what happens, God is presiding over it all. Number two, God not only presides, but God provides. Say it with me. God provides. James 1 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father in heaven. In Matthew 6, we're told not to worry because God knows all of the things that we need and He will give them to us. And Matthew 7 tells us, even though you who are evil or sinful know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will God, your Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask Him? And Philippians 4.19 simply puts it this way, my God will supply all of your needs. Do you ever worry about having enough? Do you ever wish you could have more stuff? I want a new phone. I want new shoes. I want new clothes. Lord, I want the latest video game. I want a car, a new car. Here's the good news. You never have to worry about having enough. Now, you may not have all the things you want, but God promises to supply all the things you need. David declared in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. If God is our shepherd, then guess what? We're his sheep. Turn to your neighbor right now and go, bah! You make a good flock of sheep right here. And the Lord is your shepherd. And you will never be in want. The psalmist said, I will never be in want. I have everything I need in God. God, pres God presides, God provides, and thirdly, God protects. God protects. Say it with me. God protects. Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. How many of you know that our God is protecting you even now? You may not realize it. You may not see it, but it's true. The invisible hand of God's protection is over you, around you, holding you safe every day of your life. David said in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The instruments of God's protection are with us. God is with us. Psalm 91.7 says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. God is protecting you. When I was in high school, a senior in high school, I sometimes drove my own car to school to kind of show it off a little bit like all the seniors did. It was a beautiful brown 1975 Ford Granada. Talk about a hot rod, you know? So this was a great car. But it wasn't just any Granada. It was a two-door with a vinyl roof. It had, and I, I souped that car up. I put 50 series tires on the back. I had Keystone Mag wheels on it. I had Hijacker air shocks. Why, I even put an 8-track tape player in it. Man, I was cool. This was a hot ride. I was, it was awesome. The envy of everybody in school. Yeah, right. But one day when I was driving home, I noticed that my school bus was up ahead a little ways at the intersection, 
And I thought, well, it'd be kind of fun to come up real behind the, you know, behind the bus and all the kids would be looking out. Oh, there's Dave. How cool is that? So I thought I had to catch up with this bus. And uh, so I hit the pedal to the metal and I was flying to kind of catch up before that bus took off. And, and I remember looking at the stop ahead sign and looking at my speedometer and, and registering 80 miles an hour at that time. I had no concept. I had no concept of how long it was going to take for me to stop. I was young and stupid, so I was going really fast, and I, I started to apply the brakes, and something kind of weird happened. I felt the back end kind of coming around, and so the back end of that car came around, and it, it kind of slid right off the road. It went to the gravel, and I did a 180 just like that, just feet from the back of that bus. Okay, Kai, I need you to listen, okay? We're in worship right now. Okay? And uh, by the grace of God, I was spared. Can you imagine if my brakes had actually worked properly and I just kind of came up and I, I would have, there was no way I would have stopped in time. Uh, I would have kind of slid right into the back of that bus and I, who knows, I could have been killed in that, uh, in that accident. But as just a high school kid, I didn't know what I was doing. But by the grace of God, that car spun around and all the energy just was absorbed just like that. And uh, I know my school books ended up in the back seat and everything was all discombobulated inside the car. But I had my life and nobody got hurt. God protected me. God protects you. And he is protecting you right now. May we thank God. God presides God provides and God protects. And fourthly, God preserves. Say it with me. God preserves. That means He keeps you. He keeps your life, even through hard times. You know, sometimes God protects us from bad things, and sometimes God preserves us through bad things. God never promises us an easy life. He does promise to be with us, however, no matter what happens, whatever comes our way. God said to Joshua in 1.5, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. Jesus simply said in Matthew 28.20, 20, I am with you always to the very end of the age. That means to the very end of time. I cannot think of a more vivid or better illustration and example of God's preservation in our lives than God preserving our brother in the Lord right here, Ron Opperman. Ron, would you just stand up a moment so people can see who you are? Do you know Ron's story? I hope you know Ron's story. Thank you, Ron. Ron has quite a story. We had him share uh, back in October, I think it was, uh, Ron shared in front of the congregation, we had a little interview, but for those of you who don't know, Ron was diagnosed about a year ago with cancer, and uh, he had to go under, he had to undergo extensive treatments, chemo treatments, that were very intense and had a lot of effects. Uh, you lost some of your hair, and you lost a lot of strength, right, and you were just tired a lot. On top of that, Ron came down with covid Kai, I need you to be quiet, okay? This is not a time for you to be talking. At the same time, 
Ron came down with COVID. And then after that, he actually got food poisoning from eating some of the hospital food, of all things. Crazy. And then, turned out that his heart needed some attention, and he needed a triple bypass surgery. Ron has gone through all of that, and here he is tonight playing bass for us, helping lead our worship. Friends, God has preserved your life, Ron, and what a great example. Praise God, amen? Let's just praise God for that. You say, well, pastor, God didn't heal me when I was sick, or, or my loved one, or why didn't God heal my mother or my grandpa or grandpa? Well, the hard truth is, God does not heal everyone in this life. Pain and suffering, death and grief still befall us. But here's the great thing about our faith. Even though death, even, excuse me, even through death, God can resurrect and preserve your life for all eternity. I think of the question and answer number one of the Heidelberg Catechism, one of the standards of our faith. The question is, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is, my only comfort in life and in death is that I am not my own, but I belong in life and in death, in body and in soul, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Even through death, God can preserve our life. He can resurrect you for those who believe on Him. Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice and I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish and no one can snatch them out of my hand. Romans 8 tells us that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and who have been called according to His purpose. In the passage that I share with you tonight at Devotions, 1 Thessalonians 5, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say we give thanks for all circumstances. Some things are just bad. But even in the bad times, still we may give thanks. Thank God. God preserves your life through pain and suffering. Fifthly, God not only presides... God provides, God protects, God preserves, and finally, God purifies. Say it with me. God purifies. Anybody here happen to sin ever? Anybody here? Yeah, okay, I figured. I, I kind of knew that. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, you know, just kidding. Everybody here is a sinner, right? I mean, we all fall short. Uh, um, say, well, I don't sin, but my brother or my sister does. Huh? Yeah, right? So I know somebody who does. Huh? Fact is, we all sin. No one is perfect. We all fall short. You know, God is holy, and no one quite measures up to His holy standard, do we? You get 50, 55% on the test, you fail. You get 99% on the test, you still fail. Because God's standard is perfection, holiness, nothing short of that. Good luck with that. Imagine we all went over to Chicago and we, saw it, we thought, we're going to try to jump across Lake Michigan. Now, I live in Holland, so I've seen the lake. It's a pretty wide lake. 
But let's just say we're crazy enough that this group here from Grace Church that we could say, hey, you know what, we're going to go down, we're going to go to Navy Pier, we'll spend a day shopping there, and then after that, we're all going to get ahead of steam and start running off the pier. We'll run off and then we'll jump off the end of the pier. Okay? Not only are we probably going to get arrested, but anyway. But say we all decide we're going to run and jump and see how far, see if we can jump across the lake to Michigan. Do you think anybody would make it? We'd all fall short, right? Now, some of us might jump a little further than others and go, hey, I'm a little better than you. I'm, you know, I'm not as bad as that. No, it wouldn't matter. We all would fall miserably short of getting to Michigan. Well, Romans 3.23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That is of His perfection. And worse yet, the result of our sin is death. You have a death sentence hanging over your head. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. You sin, you're dying, you're headed for an eternity without God. This is not a pretty picture. We need some help here. This is the bad news. Now how about some good news? I think you know John 3.16. Some of you might have it memorized. If you do, say it with me. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not die but have everlasting life. And that's the good news. That's the gospel. Truth is, God will forgive your sins if you sincerely ask Him. God can erase. He can delete, wipe away your sin if you ask Him. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you know what that means? It means that you can be made clean by Jesus. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. Say it with me. Purifies us from all sin. Not only will Jesus remove all of your past sins, Jesus will help you avoid sinning in the future. There's a big fancy word we call it sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 5, 30, 23 says, May God Himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Praise God. Thank God. He purifies us. He makes your heart clean before Him. So how about you? What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving? Giving thanks is a great habit for all of us, not just on Thanksgiving Eve or Thanksgiving Day, but every day of the year. There are many good reasons to give thanks, and I'm sure you can probably add to this list. But here's your review quiz. There are five of them. Let's take them in order. Some of the best reasons to give thanks are what? Number one, God presides. Good. Number two, God provides. Good. Number three, God protects. Excellent. Number four, God preserves. And number five, God purifies. You all get an A for tonight. That's great. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known among the peoples what He has done. Sing to Him. Sing praise to Him. And tell of His wonderful acts. And that's what we're doing here tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for an opportunity to share together tonight. Thank You, Lord, for reminding us of these simple truths that can give us so much comfort in life and really are reasons to well up with praise and thanksgiving.
So God, thank you for being present here tonight and for protecting and providing and presiding in all of these things that you do for us and in this world. Thank you, God, that you are on your throne, that you reign and reign supreme, that there is a God, and his name is Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In your holy name we pray it. Amen.